And so this idea of dying into Him is the first I want to call your attention to. Because when you're dead to Christ, uh, your will actually de- decreases in content. And, uh, for instance, uh, here's something that I, I have a horrible fear of getting ahead of God. It's like every single day, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Would you tell me what to do next? And, and I, made a, I made a purpose in my life not to move ahead of God in, in the small things. And so I spend time with what to tell John in the office. John, I want to do this, this, this. Uh, but I spend at least a whole weekend trying to put that together. Now, knowing what the Lord wanted for today in terms of discussion in the office, then we need to have a miracle. Something has to happen. So we begin to be led of Him. So when you die and bury with Him, uh, you do it by baptism unto death, into death. You know, when you go into the water and you're baptized, you are dying to self and you are coming alive with Christ. And then it says, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Meaning that the baptism is the first signal that something is happening within you. Something wonderful is happening in you. Your will, your desires, your intensity, your, your flesh seems to die and to be questioned and to be, how do you say, uh, moved into a second plane. And so, I want to ask you a question. Are you dead? Are you dead to Christ? You know, here's a a difference. You can give me a bottle of wine, and uh, my will says it's no good for my uh, physical condition to have too much alcohol. So I drink a half a glass. But because the doctor said to me that... uh, uh, that will make me gain weight. I seem to have an automatic response to a full top of a glass. And I know this of the Lord. For instance, I love a steak. But the doctor said not to have a steak every day. But once now and then you have a small steak. And of course, that is easy to reject because my will has been weakened. If I seem to offend someone or I've done something that offends somebody, I usually ask forgiveness. And I seem to have a good heart in doing that. I don't carry grudge. Now, in the past, I tell you, I carry a lot of grudge, but never in my life I would carry grudge. So, one of the accents, one of the indicators that there's something different in me is that I used to be that way, but I'm not anymore. Is that the way you feel about yourself? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism unto death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, we too, we too, we too might walk. We too. Now that's the first scripture. Now I told you these scriptures are intertwined. And so I sort of uh, want to make sure that, uh, that I'm able to uh, intertwine them. Okay? So here is Philippians 3, 20, 21. It says, 
by our commonwealth. But our commonwealth is in heaven. And I, when I said that word commonwealth, you know, the commonwealth of Virginia, that's what came to my mind. You know, and I, and I, what, does, what does that mean by our, uh, by our commonwealth? Meaning, by our ability to mix with others, to intertwine with others, to agree with others, to live among others, is in heaven. Our wealth, our spiritual wealth, is in heaven. How can you live a Christian life here uh, 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 where your spiritual health is in heaven? And then Paul explains. It says, and from it we wait a saber. So what is the it here means? It means from heaven we wait our Savior. Now that defines salvation. It's not of ourselves a gift of God, Paul says in Tim- to Timothy. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. So to be aware that is a gift from God moves you and takes you out of the idea of performance. You can be in 15 committees, give a million dollars a year to God and go to hell. Because salvation is a gift. And you have to sort of a, uh, you have to sort of put that into your mind. In heaven comes salvation. It's a gift of God. And then it says, we wait for a Savior. What do you mean wait for a Savior? It simply means that you are now in a condition that going to church simply means communing with God. Coming to a Bible study, communing with God. You know, I know people who come to Bible study, but they're so political that it makes me sick. They're, they're there every time we open but their minds is deeply involved on the politics of the day. You can't wait on a saver thinking about Republicans and Democrats all the time. And so, the Lord Jesus Christ, we wait. The idea of waiting on Christ and waiting upon Him, it's quite an experience. You know, I've, I've served Him now for 50-some years. And I've waited on Him about all kinds of things. Every details. I'm talking about experiences. I'm talking about tears. I'm talking about suffering. When I see somebody so in a hurry to get their idea in mind, it's because they're not waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting. I have no idea what to do. Most of the time I'm lost as a jaybird in New York City. I used to say that a lot. And I don't know if it's a jaybird is, but it's got to be a bird. I don't know. I have no idea. So it simply means that my IQ is depleting. No. It simply means I'm not smart enough. No. It simply means I'm not educated enough. No. It simply means that uh, my mentality, my spiritual mentality, wait on things that God is taking care of and I don't want to interfere. Now, but our commonwealth is in heaven and from it, means from heaven, we wait on our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will change our lowly body to be like His glorious body. Now think about uh, the dead. It's a very harsh word, you know, the dead. When in fact, the body that is in heaven after death, if you are saved, 
is transformed into a glorious body of Jesus. There's no word in the gospel except in baptism into death of self. Because in heaven, all the people that are there are living. And so, to be like His glory. Now how this is done, okay, how this is done, in the dead is done by the same way as in the living. These are changes that are made specifically by by the Lord. How does God, how does the Lord Jesus change you when you are living today? By the power, it says next, by the power which enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. The power that makes Jesus tough cookie. Don't mess with Jesus. He'll get you going. He will convict you. He will change you. He will rattle you. He will bother you. He will he'll bring you to attention. And to let that done and to be done, you have to simply just submit yourself. So, by our commonwealth, by our commonwealth is in heaven. And from it, from heaven, we wait a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly body to be like His glorious body. So, to the dead, they're living. And to the living, you are being changed. When, when we read John 16, 8, 9, 8, 9, 10, 11, it talks about the Holy Spirit convicting, changing. When the Holy Spirit has come, He'll convict the world. So without the Holy Spirit, the power, there's no changing. Look, look. How does Jesus do By the power which enables Him, Jesus, even to subject all things to Himself. Meaning, He's in charge. If you give your heart to Jesus, He will rattle you. He will shake you. He will come in into your life and the change will be phenomenal. Okay. Now, I told you the Scriptures are intertwined, meaning they're all together. And here's an interesting verse that fits this continuation, this thought process that I'm taking you through. It's Isaiah 41.10. Why Isaiah 41.10? Because one of the things that we experience is fear of finances, fear of failure, fear of the future, fear of this, fear of that. You know, right now I'm a fear, I have fear of being alone. I mean, when it comes Friday and I go home, oh my goodness, what a morbid Friday night. Until I get up with my shorts and go run in the middle of the night. I just, I just have this fear of being alone. So all of us have one or the other way of fear. The bill is not going to be paid. And, you know, during Rekendo, we came up to a very substantial amount. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars that we had to pay. And, uh, and I tell you, we paid. God sends the money out of nowhere. The saints all came together and began sending money, and we paid the bill. So Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Now, that's a, that's a 
Oh, that's a dandy right there. Do not fear, for I am with you. Now, what, what do you mean by that? The presence of God stays with you in the middle of the storm. It can be a, a question mark. It can be a futuristic idea. It can be something that you have no control of. It can be all kinds of things. And so, do not fear. For I am with you, says the Lord. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. You know, I told yesterday, we went to, to a, a funeral at Mount Beth Church in Atlanta. It was the funeral of a dear woman of God, uh, Sherry Cunningham. Along with her, of course, was her whole family and a sizable number of people inside of the main sanctuary. But going home after sharing with the congregation a, 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 a word from the Lord, I was driving on the slow lane. I'm talking about one, two, three, four, five. I'm on the five lane slow following a white car. The white car came to a stop. And, uh, and the guy's on the phone right on the middle of the highway. And when I looked back, I saw a semi-truck, loaded semi-truck with metals everywhere. Smoking wheels. I'm talking about he's trying to stop. And he came close to me at about a foot from hitting the back of my car with me and Dr. Danielle inside. And what happened was the guy in front of the car on the telephone, the white car, a Toyota car, began to move forward and I, and I, I, I wasn't hit. Now, Danielle was dismayed. He began to yell and scream and thanking God for deliverance and for healing because the size of that truck would drive all on top of us. And, and the wheels of that truck would kill Danielle and I instantly. But by the hand of God, by the power of God, by the, by the glorious hand of God, I, I was saved by the Lord. And so I hear this, this scripture in my head, Do not be dismayed. Know that God is with you. I will strengthen you and help you. Oh, He's been a good help. You know, I've, uh, I'm famous for burning food. When I cook, it's always kind of black. It is a favorite color uh, of the way I, I deal with food. And suddenly it comes to my apartment, a man called Blake Haas, very methodical. He is putting the steak for marinated in the refrigerator, and then he takes the steak out, and he talks to it. And he paints it with different colors of this and that and that and that. Then he puts that steak into a, 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 a skillet. And, and he begins to, in a low, low uh, number four on my, my oven. And, and he begins to cook from both sides. I don't understand when he knows it's about time to stop. 
And then he has the grill prepared outside. And he goes outside and he puts on the grill and sits there for about five minutes, two minutes aside, and takes the steak in. I never taste so good food like that. I burned every single steak because I would put the steak outside to cook and I go to see gun smoke. By the time that gun smoke is over, the steak is guns burned. <laughs> it's smoking. <laughs> and I have to eat one side because the other is black. But God sends Blake to cook in front of me. For some reason, I learned how to cook steak. I hired a lady to come and, and, and clean. And this last week, she brought a sample of her vegetables. There are six samples on a platter, on a platter. And I taste two or three of them. And oh my goodness, that was the best thing I've ever tasted in a long time. You know, uh, uh, and so I have somebody to, to cook. This scripture simply says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will strengthen you and help you. Now, what do you mean help you? Help me to cook. It's a major problem. And so, in the small little details, we went to Atlanta, and we need to park our car at a Costco. Costco. It's a store, Costco. And when we got there, it was completely filled. I mean, every single space filled. And Daniel, my brother, began, God, we pray that you provide for us a parking space in the name of Jesus. Oh, and I say, <laughs> Daniel, and suddenly a lady right in front of me began to back up. And I took the space. It's amazing how in the world uh, we've done a lot of things these last ten days. And he has been helping. Really helping. He's been watching over us. He's been caring for us. And so it's the minimal details to the highest, most important details. And then it says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So, first, you bury with him, and so, and to death, so, so as Christ is raised from the dead. He raised you also. Your commonwealth is in heaven, and from heaven the voice of salvation will come, because salvation belongs to God. And you change your lowly body into the glorious body that Jesus has, so you'll be alive with Him, and glorious will be blessed. And so, do not fear. I, I live into a community of, of, a, of wonderful people, Women and men that are just wonderful. I never met one there that I didn't think highly of him. I don't know their names. There's so many. You know, uh, they're older than me. Uh, uh, 90s and the late 80s. And, uh, and so I am the young buck. And as I begin to talk to them, I see some hope and some desire to to be blessed by God. And so they call me pastor. And so I'm already a pastor of another church. And uh, 
I told that lady this morning, I, I, I want you not to fear. But Rick, I'm, I can die any day now. I can die any day. What do you want to do about that? I said, do not fear. The Lord will call you in the right time. Amen? So, these scriptures sort of intertwine. They, they work together. Now, Romans 8, 38 is the next scripture. Why do I say that? Why am I so sure of your body being transformed? Why am I so sure that if you've been baptized in water, you will be uh, gloriously blessed of God and, uh, and, and raised into Jesus Christ, the death by the glory of the Father? We too might walk in newness of life. How, how can this interior salvation process, it comes from heaven in Philippians 3.20. Uh, and, and so do not fear. Now, verse uh, Romans 8.38 is sort of an assurance verse. It simply says to you this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons. Let's stop for a minute. I'm convinced that neither death nor life. Meaning that when you are saved, there's no death within you. There is the idea of, of moving to another body, a glorious body. But it's a very, very short. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's a place that you go to wait upon being changed. You know, it's a, what is that word, John? It's a, it's a, in, in Christian living, a lot of people believe in purgatory. I don't. Because, <laughs> because purgatory simply means after you die, there's still changes to be made. I don't believe that. I believe that uh, in life, there's no death. There's nothing that separates. Death or life will not separate you from Christ. Angels or demons. Present or future. Nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Meaning, that the love of God in us is, is powerful. You're talking about a, 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 a presence that undergirds your weakness. You're talking about a power that holds you by the hand. You're talking about a power that will separate you from death. You know, in Atlanta, I could be dead today. You could be having a funeral or preparation for a funeral. But the Lord put His angel in that big truck. Okay, I remember I, I looked back and Daniel saw because you know the eighteen wheeler, you know, it's moving. And and of course you know I was concerned about the back of that truck. Here's the car- the carriage right here, you know where the driver is right there. This part right here, it's not going to the next lane. We could have easily just uh, what is the, the what is the word that says when they flip. Sideways, the t- the the front, the front jackknife. It didn't. It stayed within a little lane, but he kept on going back and forth. And the smoke began to rise out of those wheels. And this driver is just hoping he won't kill me. Now, what do I believe? I believe that as that as that began to take place, and Daniel began to call the power of God. And I'm waiting on the white guy in front of me. <laughs> If you give me one space, I'm going to go. But I couldn't because on my left, this car's passing 80 miles an hour. So why do you believe that the angel of God just put his 
their wings, their hands on that semi-truck and, and pull it back. Just pulled back. Held it. Now, is God that powerful? Yes, He is. I, I, I've had experiences like that many in my life where He just came in. And I had experiences where He didn't come in. But that doesn't mean He's not powerful. That doesn't mean He's not caring for you. It doesn't mean that He is watching over you. It simply means that our hearts cannot be troubled. And so, neither height nor depth, anything, all creation, will be able, will be able, will be able to separate you. Will be able. When we started the conference at Rekindle this year, I confess to you, I went back behind the curtains and I knelt down and said, Lord, it's got to be me that is sort of growing old and weak. But I'm beginning to doubt sometimes that something is going to happen to pay these bills. God, I just ask you, don't leave me now. I need you, Lord. And there is, you know, $62,000 to be raised in four days. And yesterday I heard somebody tell me, I think it was Emily, tell me that she went up to the Civic Center to pay the bills. And according to, I think, everything is that we pay the bills. So you can't be dismayed about life. You can't be dismayed about anything that's happening in the earth. So now a word to those of you that are struggling. Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house has many mentions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. In other words, if it wasn't true, I'm not going to tell you. But I'm telling you, there are many mentions. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come to back. And I'll come back. And I'll take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. The Lord bless you today and strengthen you. Do not be dismayed. God is in control of this, this nation and this world of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Minha alma foi 